When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Audio Mailbag Podcast, Week 13 edition. I'm your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by my superb co-host, Brandon Hazlett, as usual. Brandon, we didn't get to talk really much on Thanksgiving, but one, how was your Thanksgiving? And two, how was your Victory Monday? That was two days ago. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Got to meet the, the girlfriend's family, so that was really cool. Ooh. I know. And then um, uh, Victory Monday, it, after a long weekend, it was bittersweet. It was nice to be a Victory Monday, but the long weekend was nice. Yeah, for sure. Actually, on my Monday, too, I was since I work at a high school, um, we, we got a bunch of snow. Blizzard happened that Sunday night into Monday morning, so we had a snow day, so... You know, it just makes this, you know, work week back from a holiday break a little bit shorter. And I'll take that anytime for sure. But, hey, that's a big about, step, though. Uh, you know, going to the girlfriends for, for Thanksgiving. That's uh, me or me and the family. That, that's a big step there. It's a big step. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it, was, it, was, it went well. We always play uh, Risk. Uh, have you played that before? I have. You have. All right. So we played Risk. And, you know, I conquered the world there, Brandon. I conquered the world. It's been a while. Um, I know this is not a video portion as we usually do for uh, previews and post game shows, but I have the trophy, and it's funny because this this trophy's been going around for each risk winner, and it used to be you know uh, it used to be tall. There was a stand, and over the years it just kind of broke down, and now all I have is like the golden tank 
for risk. But it, it's awesome that we get to do that. And it was just always good uh, having family around. But it was a good Thanksgiving. And now we're back into it. We're doing the audio mailbag and the Bears. They won again. We did another mailbag. <laughs> just so saying. we're just saying we're going to keep it going. All right, Brandon. We have a bunch of great questions from a bunch of people again from all over Twitter and also audio version. Are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Do it. Let's do it. And our first question of the night comes from a fan from Phoenix. Here's your question. How you doing, guys? This is Antonio out in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, I know it's still two weeks away, but I was kind of wondering you guys' opinion upon uh, what the cold weather might, uh, how it might affect the Rams when they come to town. Um, I feel like it's a it's a game that we can win, especially with our defense. Um, uh, Mitch, uh, you know, uh, coming back, and hopefully. And I just feel like it's a, it's a game that we can win, and 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 could be another real uh, big uh, statement win, and and a stepping stone for where we might go this season. So, your opinion? Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Bye. Antonio, that's a great question. And the Rams, everybody's looking forward to the Sunday night matchup. After kind of almost looking over this Giants game, but obviously you can't do that. But with the cold weather, it's some it's it's very iffy for me. Uh, I looked into it. I know Brand's researching it right now. Uh, when was the last time the Rams even played a cold weather game? Well, here's their last four games. Uh, they were home against Green Bay. They were away at New Orleans, which is in a dome. They were home versus Seattle Seahawks. And then they just were at home versus Chiefs. That's the last month where it's been favorable weather or they're inside a dome. They're not outside battling the elements. And Los Angeles is nowhere near what Chicago is going to have come, you know, December. So with this, I was looking at this matchup and thinking, well, is the weather really going to affect this, this Rams game? And it could. I mean, just look at what happened with the Bears going to Miami. Completely different. Completely different. One's very cold. One's very hot. But the Bears are gassed, all right? And that, that does mean that the weather can definitely play a factor in how – uh, teams, you know, just approach it, how they adapt to it. So it could be, but I think the biggest thing for the Bears, giving them the best chance to win, is just that they're a good football team. They really are. The Rams and the Rams are a great football team too. They're both great football teams. Eight and three, and I believe what is it, nine two nine one, whatever the Rams uh, record is. Uh, good football team. The Rams have also though given up thirty or more points five times this season, and have given up one hundred and seventeen points the last three games. That's thirty nine points per game. So it's going to be the Bears offense are going to be able to put up points. It's just this, what can this Bears defense do to limit the Rams? I've talked enough about the Rams. What do you think, Brandon? Does weather play a factor here in this this Sunday night matchup that will be coming up? I think it does, especially at Soldier Field with the uh, loud and crazy fans that we have at home too, which is very nice. So hopefully that supports there again on Sunday night in a couple weeks. But even just to add, uh, the Rams go to Detroit uh, this week, which is another dome. Uh, so they're not going to be exposed to any of this uh, cold weather. Uh, really until they play the Bears on Sunday night. And I, Nick, I know you live in Chicago. I live in the Chicagoland area. It's been cold up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I got to put gloves on to do stuff outside because my fingers hurt. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think it will play a factor. I don't know how much of a factor because good teams are going to overcome whatever weather there is. Uh, they're going to be able to adapt throughout the game. And Sean McVay and his team is a very good good team, a one-loss team at that, uh, I want to add. So, I mean, 
I, I think it'll play a little bit of a factor as far as uh, the Bears' uh, way. I think it might sway them a little bit. Uh, but regardless, it's just going to be a very tough matchup, uh, no matter how you slice and dice it. The weather only helps the Bears. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. it helps a little bit, not a whole lot, though. And, again, the Bears are used to this. The Rams are going to be coming here. It, it definitely could play a factor, but let's not – let's not put too much into it because a good team will persevere through the elements and be able to get the win regardless. But I know you also mentioned in your question, Antonio, uh, this about being a huge statement. Look at eight and three, the bears still have doubters. They're still saying, well, who have they played and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? You beat the Rams. That's a huge statement. This is a team that I picked way in the beginning to maybe represent the NFC in the NFC championship game or even the Super Bowl. But the way they played this season, if you could beat the Rams, that's that's huge. What do you think, uh, Brandon? Does this just send a statement to the NFL, to the rest of the league and all fans everywhere that the Bears are legit? Oh, absolutely. A win definitely does that. And even a really close loss, I think, if it comes down to a walk-off field goal, which I hope doesn't happen unless it's the Bears kicking that field goal, um, then I think that still sends a, a statement. As long as we don't get blown out, I think it really shows you know the Bears are for real. And I think that uh, as long as they're in this game for the majority of it, I obviously would like to see them win it. Uh, I think that, you know, I have no doubt that they will be in it. I just think that uh, regardless, it's just going to be a huge statement game. If Even if the Bears uh, flounder, flounder, blunder, <laughs> whatever the the negative connotation is of that word there, uh, then that's that still shows people where they really actually are. And I don't think that they're going to come up short and get blown out. I think as long as it's close, and even when the Bears win, I think it's going to be a, a big statement. I, I completely agree, and that was a really good point. Even if the Bears do lose this game, it, as long as it's close, that says a lot about the Bears and what they're able to do and where they come from. Really, uh, they won five games all of last season. And they're already eight and eight and three now. So great for the Bears. So we'll move on to our second question tonight. And this question comes from New Mexico. Here's your question. Hi guys, this is Robert from the University of New Mexico. Uh, shout out to Brian Olacker. I had two questions for you guys today. The first one is I remember back in the week nine or ten mailbag, you guys were talking about the Bears record down the second stretch. And I don't remember if it was Nick or Brandon that predicted us to lose the Thanksgiving game against the Lions. But after the win now, does you guys' record change for the next games, or does it stay the same? My second question is, we've seen a lot of amazing plays by Eddie Jackson, especially in prime time. If he gets another fumble for a touchdown or pick six, especially in Sunday night against the Rams, do you see his name being thrown in the hat for possible defensive player of the year? Thanks, guys. Bear down. Robert, first of all, that's a great shout-out to Brian Erlacher. Always shout-out to Brian. Uh, but to get to the first part of your question, uh, I'll own up to my prediction, and it was me uh, that predicted the Bears to lose to the Lions in one of those two games. I think it was Thanksgiving due to the short week. Um, and, yeah, it, it does change how, how the my prediction is going to be in the last few. I think that uh, they can potentially – I don't want to say win out, but I think because I don't know necessarily that they'll beat the Rams. Uh, but they're going to be pretty close to winning the rest of these games, the way that they're playing, even with Chase Daniel in there. The defense is just absolutely playing lights out. Uh, the offense, even with Chase Daniel in there, is functional. It moves the ball up and down the field when it has to. Uh, it capitalizes and responds when it has to. We've seen that against Detroit. Chase Daniel putting up points almost immediately after Detroit scored. Uh, so, yeah, it, it changes my record. Uh, I would say that, you know, maybe there's only one more loss in here now, uh, and that would be to the Rams, if any of them. I don't see them losing to Minnesota to end the year uh, just because 
I mean, they are up there in Minnesota and the dome. It does get loud up there, but I don't see them losing that one because I think there's going to be seating on the line at that point, uh, depending what happens here with the rest of the league. So I don't see them coming up short really in any of these games outside of the Rams. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, if the Bears defeat the Rams, I'll say this right now. They're finishing 13-3. and There's nobody else they're going to lose to this season if they can beat the Rams. The Bears can beat a good team like that. There's nobody on the schedule really that is on that level. The Bears already beat the Vikings, and look, they lost by a point to Green Bay. That's going to be the other matchup that I'm looking at, but the Bears have a chance to go 13-3, and especially if they take they take care of business uh, with or without Mitch Trubisky against the Giants. If they, they beat the Rams, I can. there's no reason why to believe the Bears should lose another game, honestly. But if they do lose against the Rams, I think that you can see 12-4. and you know, I think that would be a good record because, again, I just don't see anybody else on that schedule. It's the one the one game that will be competitive and they probably will all be competitive, but it's going to come down to the wire is is Green Bay. Really? I mean, look, they're a bet. They're not a good football team, but they still Even have Aaron Rodgers. What was that? Even at home, you think that that's still going to be a close game? You know, it always is with the Packers. And I know the Bear, the Bears are a far superior team. The Bears will still win it, but I think it'll still be a little close. And look, if the you you heard what Aaron Rodgers said in his press conference, you know they went out and they said something about coming to Chicago, a place where we're familiar with winning or whatever the quote was. Man, I hope the Packers have not lost up until that point, and the Bears just kind of end their season in Chicago. Because how many times have the Packers just ended the Bears season, or maybe the Bears season was already done by that point, and they just you know. Just beat the Bears definitively. It's happened so many times. It would be great to be on the other side of that. And I think if the Bears were to, you know, do that, that'd be great. Because, look, you beat Green Bay. It's been a while since you beat Green Bay. But that was the first part of the question. And I know there was a great second part of the question and referring to Eddie Jackson. So do I think that Eddie Jackson right now, we've seen a lot of amazing plays, but can his name be thrown in the hat for a possible defensive player of the year? And it's funny because Robert, you actually inspired me to write an article that's going to come out tomorrow about Eddie Jackson, possibly being in contention to win defensive player of the year. I'm not going to throw out and give you all the, the hints or the, the gimmies that are going to be in the article, but look, Eddie Jackson just won NFC defensive player of the week. This is the third bear. Uh, I think the third bear now in, in a week in a consecutive week to win win the award for defensive or offensive player of the week. Eddie Jackson tied for third in the league with four interceptions. And since he was drafted last season, he has five defensive touchdowns, which is three more than any other player in that time span. He's doing things that you don't see. And this is a guy once regarded as a first round pick went down in the fourth round because he broke his leg his senior season, but he's playing lights out. And just to throw some statistics at you, Five safeties have won Defensive Player of the Year. And 1973 was Dick Anderson. 1984 was Kenny Easley. 2004, Ed Reed. 2007, Bob Sanders. Go Hawks. And 2010 was (laughs) Troy Palomalu. So it's not that it hasn't been done. And I'm not going to give away statistics on this podcast. You're going to have to wait to read my article tomorrow. But I think he definitely can. If he keeps playing how he's playing right now, Eddie Jackson. I know they have Cleo Mack. But Eddie Jackson is doing the right things right now for a great defense. And if he keeps this up, 
adds a little bit more touchdowns or, you know, intercepts, fumble, whatever. He's definitely going to be come down to the wire. There's a lot of great defensive players in the league, but I think he's definitely going to be in contention. And we'll just have to wait and see because A. Jackson, he's got the instincts. He's a great safety. It wouldn't surprise me if he can win a defensive player of the year. Brandon, what do you think about that? Eddie Jackson, defense player of the year? He's my dark horse pick, uh, and I think he can do it. Uh, like you said, there are a lot of great defensive players out there. You listed off the safeties that have won it before, so it's not impossible to do it. And you think of the last two guys, Troy Palomalo and Ed Reed, to do it. Uh, those are guys that also forced a lot of turnovers. Uh, so if Eddie Jackson just keeps doing what he's doing, forcing these fumbles, uh, getting these interceptions, taking them all of them back to the house, it doesn't have to be all of them, but it'd be really nice if it was all of them. Uh, but if he just can, continues to do what he's doing, play instinctively, I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't at least be in contention. I'll even take a bronze medal uh, if I'm Eddie Jackson because that he's had a spectacular season, and I, I only see better things to come from him in the future. So hopefully he's in that uh, race here pretty soon and starts getting in the discussion, but he's definitely a dark horse pick. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing to have. You would think Khalil Mack, oh, he's going to be a defense player there, but even right. have somebody that you can actually talk about that means that means you have a great defense. Let's be completely honest. You you have two guys that you can talk about with that prestigious award. That's amazing. So we're going to move on to our next question. And this one comes from Salt Lake. Here's your question. Hey, Bears Bros. Jay here from Salt Lake. So Ryan Pace has had some really great draft picks and made some pretty damn good trades like Khalil Mack. And he's had some really great free agent signings like Allen Robinson or Taylor Gabriel or even Akeem Hicks. And um, so I guess my question is, so far, who's your guys' favorite drafted player and who's your favorite traded player? Or like, you know, like if you want to throw Khalil Mack in there with the traded or free agent signed player, I guess if that makes any sense. Um, Yeah. So anyways, let me know how you guys think about that and uh, bear down. Jay, that's a great question because it's it's always a fun one to see – uh, which new player traded, drafted, whatever it may be, is our personal favorites. And look, I think it would be wrong. Obviously, we're all going to say Khalil Mack is one of them. I mean, look, he literally shifted the power in the NFC North in the Bears' favor. So obviously, that's like the go-to guy. He can wreck a, a game at any moment. And I know people throw the term generational talent around so commonly now. But he truly is one. So I think it would be wrong of Brandon or myself not to match a Cleo Mack, <laughs> but a guy that I really like. And when he was drafted and I heard his name, I immediately just a big smile got brought, I was on my face. And that's my guy, James Daniels. I mean, look, University of Iowa, where my alma mater, um, he filled a, a need for the Bears with uh, Josh Sidden leaving. He's played well so far. He's athletic. He just fits in Matt Nagy's system. There's a lot to like about James Daniels. And look, he's a guard. He's not going to get all the glamour, all the, the the spotlight. He's blocking, you know, every single play. So it's not there's not a spotlight on him. But I really have appreciated more offensive line play because of James Daniels. And again, being a guy that Iowa connection is going to be a guy that I'm always going to root for no matter what. And hopefully, hopefully with that, I would connect we can get him on a future podcast or something like that. That'd be great. But yes, that would be my favorite other than Cleo Mack right now. What about you, Brandon? Who's your favorite new addition to the Chicago Bears? Well, I'm glad it took an Iowa player to finally, uh, for you to finally recognize <laughs> the offensive line. True. I just wanted to throw that one out there. But uh, 
Uh, my favorite drafted player, I think it's got to be Eddie Jackson, just because he's such a steal. Uh, like you said in the last question, drafted in the fourth round because he had the broken leg. And then just the impact he's put on the field, all these interceptions. You mentioned the five uh, turnovers or interceptions, all of them for uh, for touchdowns. Not all of his turnovers, obviously, but the five that go for touchdowns leads the league three more than anyone else in that same span of time. Uh, so his impact where they drafted him, is huge, and that's why he's my favorite player because that those are the rounds where you really win ball games. And Ryan Pace has shown that because he's done that with you know, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, another good safety draft in the mid rounds. Tariq Cohen, you know, he's he's figured out these mid round players. And frankly, with the Khalil Mack trade, because you brought it up, we don't need those those first rounders. Ryan Pace nails it in these middle rounds. Uh, so I would say Eddie Jackson my favorite drafted player, but uh, a second place to the Khalil Mack trade. Uh, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky because we had to trade to draft him. So I think that counts in your question here because now we've got a quarterback that we can really rely on for for years and years and years to come, hopefully, uh, as long as he decides to stick with the Bears, which I think he will as long as Matt Nagy's around. Uh, so I'm not really worried about it, but we, we've seen the potential when we drafted him, got kind of stuck, just really gained NFL experience in his years with John Fox. But now with Matt Nagy, he's just exploding. Just a really, really good quarterback and still has room to go. Uh, room to go, room to grow. So uh, I I think Mitch Trubisky is my favorite traded player, if that counts in this question, but I'm going to count it. Yeah, and there's so many to choose from. And then also in the question, Jay was saying free agents. Uh, well, there's Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel. I Look, it would be wrong of me too if I didn't mention Trey Burton because I bring him up on every preview <laughs> podcast. So Trey Burton as well. So there's so many new pieces that just fit for the Bears. And you know what that's done, though, which is the great thing, because you can bring new additions in, and sometimes they just don't fit uh, character-wise. All these guys, doesn't matter who, whether it's a Cleo Mack or, you know, a Taylor Gabriel, all great guys. Make this locker room what it is, and that's why you see them dancing after wins, and that's why it's so much fun. And that's why we can pick any one of these guys as our favorites because, one, they brought value to this team production-wise on the field, and also off of it and just being good character guys. So that it's so exciting. It's so exciting to have a good locker room and it definitely helps when the bears are winning for sure. I always wondered though, what we have to do to get into the club dub or whatever it is that the bears Twitter <laughs> called it. Yeah, that would be a very, probably a very exclusive club to get into, but definitely <laughs> one we'll have to look into uh, trying to, trying to get into that one for sure. All right, Brandon, we have, which is unfortunate. We have an unknown caller. There was no name, but they asked a good question. So next time, unknown caller, leave your name, leave where you're from, and we'll shout you on the podcast because it's a great question. And it's going to give a great discussion, and we just want to give you credit for it. But here's your question. Hey, Brandon and Nick. I was wondering what you guys thought was more possible, the Bears getting three picks off Eli Manning or holding Saquon to less than 80 yards? Thanks. Bear down. Unknown caller. Wish you'd leave your name. Anyway, uh, I, this is a really good question because I think Nick may go the opposite way on this one. I have the Bears getting three picks on Eli Manning is what's more possible. Because uh, when you look at what the what they have, they have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard is really the top two guys, Evan Ingram at tight end. Uh, and frankly, I think as long as they shut down Odell, uh, and even if Eli tries to throw his way, I think that they're still going to be able to pick it off because they know where it's going to go, especially if it comes down to a clutch situation. You know Odell's going to be calling for the ball. So then you just put 
an extra defender on him. And I, even if it does open up things, we know Pat Shermer is a good offensive coach. Uh, but regardless, we haven't seen the Giants offense really perform all that well. Uh, so I think the three picks is a lot more realistic. Uh, Saquon's a really good running back. Uh, and he may even uh, contribute a little bit. Well, he will contribute in the passing game uh, for the Giants come Sunday. Uh, but I, I still think the interceptions is, is more than possible. Saquon's just a very tough runner. Uh, Nick, what do you think? You know what? I didn't know if the unknown caller meant 80 total yards or 80 rushing. And I'm going to take this as 80 rushing because he hasn't been held down to less than 80 total yards in any of these games. Combined rushing and receiving, he's had more than 80. So I took it in the context if it was 80 rushing yards. And I'll give you some statistics of why that's more possible than Eli's three interceptions. But I got some stats for that one, too. <laughs> so Barkley has been held under 80 yards rushing six times this season, and that's out of 11 games. It's about 54%. And then five of the six times uh, Barkley has been held under 80 rushing yards, the Giants have lost. So it would be a good statistic to have, you know, for the Bears in the Bears' favor. But the Bears have only allowed two players to rush over 80 yards this season, Frank Gore in Miami, and then last week against LeGarrette Blunt. So if I had to choose between whether or not Saquon Barkley, if it if you did want it to mean 80 yards rushing or between Eli throwing three interceptions, I would have to give it to Barkley being held under 80 yards. Except the only thing, and I'll put this uh, you know, with a grain of salt, he would possibly be the best running back the Bears have faced all season, other than David Johnson in week three, and he had 12 attempts for 31 yards. So he he's definitely a elite above than what the Bears have faced. But I do have some statistics about Eli Manning. I wanted to see how many times he's thrown three interceptions. Uh, so Eli Manning has two games this season with at least two interceptions. So I'm like, all right, that doesn't fit what I want. The last three <laughs> interception game that Eli Manning had was in 2016 against the Eagles. So then I wanted to see how many times Eli Manning has thrown three interceptions in a game. So Eli Manning, and this was crazy to find. Because I thought this a lot. I don't know what the normal is for three interception games. Doesn't seem like it happens all too often. But Eli Manning in his career has thrown 20. He's had 21 games where he's thrown three or more interceptions. He's wow. played in 227 games. That's almost 10% of his games. That's a season and like a preseason's worth of having three <laughs> interceptions. I was talking to one of my students today in class. I'm like, do you know how many interceptions, uh, or how many games Eli Manning has thrown three interceptions in more? He's like, oh, no, 50. I'm like, well, that guy probably would have been in the league if he did that. <laughs> but Eli Manning has, has thrown three or more interceptions in 21 games in his career, which is crazy. So I'm like, maybe it could happen against the Bears because they're playing like lights out. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to hope. I Look, either one will go in the Bears' favor if either one happens. But to go with what has been shown this season, I guess I'll go with Barkley. But, hey, let's make it both happen against the Giants. Why not, right? Again, they'll go in the Bears' favor, and the Bears will be doing their job on defense if they were to hold both of these uh, two players, one under 80 yards for Saquon, and then three interceptions for Eli Manning. Man, that, that would be 22 games with three or more interceptions in 228 games just uh you know. his, his last one was 2016 is that what you said against the eagles yep that was his last game. he's due he's due for that's a three what, that's what I'm he's, due. he's due hey we'll know if he throws three interceptions 
the unknown caller brought this because we talked about it here. So, Brandon, that's actually going to do it for our audio questions for the night. But like always, we are not done with this audio mailbag podcast week 13 edition because we have a few Twitter questions and they're, these are fun ones. These are fun uh, Twitter questions and we like to have we like to have fun on this podcast. So you ready for these, Brandon? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So our question comes from at Super Hippo MWR. I feel like we get a lot from uh, Super Hippo MWR yes. for Twitter questions. Um, the question is, well, it's not even a question. Pitch a celebration for the next team touchdown. I was a fan of the rowboats and the choir. So I was thinking about this. I had my coworkers think about this because <laughs> I don't think I'm that creative with uh, with touchdown celebrations. One, because I didn't score many in high school. So <laughs> and you would get one, and you would get flagged if you did. So that was a no-no. Um, but I was thinking about it. The the Bears are gonna be in New York, obviously, for this game. And I'm like, what if regardless if it's regardless if it's on offense or defense? You had the biggest guy stand in the middle, raise his right hand like he has a torch, like he's the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> just stand in the middle of the end zone, and then have everybody else kind of just taking pictures, being, you know, that tourist, just very tourist kind of thing, just to take a picture of the Statue of Liberty. And literally, I asked my coworkers in, uh, you know, the beginning of the day, I need help with, you know, touchdown celebrations for the podcast later. That was it. That was all I had. I didn't want to be... I wanted to be creative, and that's all I have. Brandon, can you save us? Is there any cool touchdown celebrations that you thought of? I think that one's actually kind of unique. I'd like to see that. Okay, cool. uh, I really like the <clears throat> excuse me. I really like the the singing one that they did, where Dion Bush was the, the fangirl or whatever. And <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. But if they can find a way uh, to start a celebration and everyone leave when Josh Bellamy gets there. <laughs> kind of funny because he always seems to be in the background uh these defensive ones anyway and even on offense i guess he's in there on those two um i think that'd be a lot i think that'd be funny i like this i really like these dancing ones for some reason golf's in my head but that one's already been done yeah it's hard to think of touchdown celebrations that you know haven't been done and actually you know what my coworker did bring up a good one what if you replicated the jordan shot over elo you know because we were seeing like the the uh the basketball the allen iverson was done uh last week or whatever yeah. and so maybe that could be one but that one i think is really funny with the josh bellamy just hey he always somehow gets in these pictures let's go just leave <laughs> right just, just leave but we did notice on the you know the Detroit when you know they're singing and dancing. Um, there's a lot of guys on that team that don't have any rhythm. There's a lot of guys. If you watch that video, <laughs> I you, know see, it. <laughs> you see Nick Kukowski, you see Roquan, you're like, ooh, okay, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so maybe they should do more dancing because they need to work on it. So, I think it was I think it was Monday night or Sunday. I don't remember what we seen the limbo. I think it was with Adam Thielen. That yes. one was really creative. Uh, can't replicate it because it's already been done. Yeah. Maybe if they did like a conga line, I don't know, maybe that's a little <laughs> too original, but that'd be kind of funny. Yeah. And then I was also thinking of like childhood games and those of hide and seek's been done, tag, freeze, like all those have been done. You know, maybe one because I'm just, it snowed. There was a lot of snow that came uh, in my area. Has anyone done like a snowball fight? I know the Bears did snow angels um, in the end zone. Maybe they do a snowball fight or something like that. I don't know. Again, 
Haven't been in the end zone very often. Don't it never will be in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not the best to ask. But hey, on this video, when it comes out on YouTube, comment with what you think the Bears should do. It would be cool to see what you guys come up with because that's about all we got for touchdown <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> all right, Red, and we're gonna move on to our next question here. And it comes from Andrew Dis N V. <laughs> this this is another fun one. Um <laughs> Here you go. If Coach Ditka gets in a fight with a heart attack, who wins? Hold on. Before you answer, the heart attack's name is Ditka. And, man, when I saw this, I started bursting out of laughter because, obviously, the super fans on Saturday Night Live, that I, I had to go watch an episode, actually, before I saw this question pop up because, I mean, it just brought back great memories, even though it I don't even think I was alive when that was actually happening, but you know, that's what YouTube's for, but in all seriousness, um, obviously Dicka won and in, in actual seriousness, um, I'm glad that Mike Dicka is doing well and has recovered from this, but yeah. What's your take, Brandon? Can, uh, Mike Dicka take on a heart attack or a hurricane or anything? Iron Mike. Uh, he could probably do both in <laughs> the same time frame, uh, and win. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, he already won his heart attack. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that he, I think if another one came, which I really hope it doesn't, I think he could kick that one in the butt too. He is the coach for sure. But Brandon, that was that was it for our week thirteen edition of the Audio Mailbag Podcast. Um, again, we always have fun doing this. It's always a great time, and um, every time we've done it, the Bears have won. Yes, the Bears have but- won. Nobody follow our celebrations when the Bears win because no a victory a victory conga line would be fun, but depending <laughs> on how many people you're watching the game with, if you're by yourself, it's kind of lame. So don't uh, don't follow our celebrations <laughs> if you plan on doing that after the game. Yeah, uh, hopefully the Bears come up with something a lot better. That, that would <laughs> that would probably be the best case scenario. Just you know, they had they had suggestions, but that's about it. They were just suggestions, not good ones at that. <laughs> So before we head out, if you want to get your question on the audio mailbag podcast, the next one for next week's edition, all you got to do is call 872-240-4007. And that number again is 872-240-4007. Best questions will be answered on the next edition of the audio mailbag podcast. And before we head out, make sure to give our Twitter page a follow. Go like us on YouTube, get leave a review on iTunes, all that good stuff. It only helps us get more exposure to hopefully get new Bears fans to watch and listen to our content. And also, if you want to follow Brandon and I on our personal Twitter accounts, uh, you can follow me at Nicholas Moriano, and you can follow Brandon at B-H-A-Z-1-E-T-T, and that's all capitalized. So give us a follow. And make sure you just listen to everything that we have coming out this week. And the preview will be coming out tomorrow. So make sure you check out this Giants-Bears preview edition for tomorrow's preview podcast. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.
Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.